Hey everybody, we are super pleased to announce our new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. The goal? Power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. And the best part? Marvel Strike Force just reached its six-year anniversary, which means free stuff when you sign up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. Just complete each event, and you'll receive special awards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and every week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. If we have received a unique promo code for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. Hey, and this is Anthony. And this is episode 452, listeners' favorite games of 2023. We'd like to thank all our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right, friends, we're back, and this episode is your episode. So, Anthony, let's get them started. Go! Uh, uh, we're going to go. They're not. No, we got, we got a listen. They're not, they're not, they're, they're, I thought they were going to handle this episode. It's a listener episode. I, I, no, it's, it's, I'm their avatar. Oh, um, come on, man. I need a week off. This has been going on for like 10 years. <laughs> every week, every week, every, the one episode, the listeners are all supposed to come on and do the podcast know, and we could sit back and listen. And you're telling me no. No. Yeah. You know, you say this now, we're going to get emails from people being like, I would do that. I know. I will do that. <laughs> bring it on, people. Oh, man. Bring it on. Yeah, bring it. Join <laughs> us. Uh, yeah, no, we got a we got a top 10 list for 2023 from our listeners. We put up a contest. We put up a poll. Um, and we asked everybody to fill that out and let us know what their favorite games of 2023 are. So we have our top 10 set through the end of November here. Um, we'll also have the winner of that contest to announce when we get to the uh, 
feature. Will, will the winner of the contest be on here to run run the rest of the episode, maybe? No. Aww. All right. They don't know they've won yet. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This time he gets away with it, or she gets away with it. They get away with it. But next time, you people are on, on call. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Someone. Someone. <laughs> or several people. Jump on. Do the thing. Right. <laughs> Wherever you are, just start talking back to your podcast player, and we'll hear you somehow, and we'll do the thing and record it, because, I don't know, magic? Magic, right? Magic. Right. Yeah, it's magic. <laughs> yeah, we have games called magic. We have magical powers. It's part part of our uh, podcast. Oh, yeah. No, we're, we're definitely going to make this work somehow. <laughs> magic. Good. Well, magic or AI or something else in the near future. So, but, well, if they can't come on, Anthony, there's a place we might actually see all our friends. Yes, it is PAX Week. What? Yes, I know. My favorite and also sometimes least favorite week of the year because <laughs> it's the very end of the semester. I got a bunch of stuff to do. Um, but then at the end of the week, if I get it all done, I get to go play games. Nice. So it's like it's like bitter, then sweet, and then bitter, and then super sweet. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, but yeah, we're going to be at PAX all three days. If you're going to be there, if you want to pass, if you're just awesome and are coming anyways, um, hit us up. Mm -hmm. We'll be around. We spend a a lot of time in the main hall. We played a lot of games with listeners last year. That was fun. With our time there. So we would would love to do that. Yeah, that's why we're there. So if you do see us, hit us up or love to play a game with you at the table. And I I Mm -hmm. guess PAX is weird because it kind of settles in between the holidays. So you're Mm -hmm. never really expecting PAX to happen. And then just happens. And you're like... Every year. <laughs> Every year. I'm like, oh, it's in a month. And then the month of November is like the shortest month on the planet yeah. because Thanksgiving just kind of drops sure. in the middle. Black Fr- and so then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's in four days. Crap. <laughs> I'm not ready for this at all. <laughs> yeah, you get into shopping mode, the Black Friday stuff, and you're trying to wrap things up. It gets darker, it gets colder, the hours just fade away. And then in the middle of nowhere, it, there's packs, which is great. But again, we're never expecting it. So. But we'll be there. We won't forget, right? <laughs> we'll actually be there. I won't I won't forget. No, it's on my calendar. Okay. I actually have to drop some games off. People are picking them up. I cause the, the joys of being local. I can make transactions at Ooh. Max. It can be my transaction conference. There you go. Um it's fun. It's fun. We're gonna play a lot of games there. Um this is the this is the con where we play a lot of games. Yes. So I'm always the most excited for this Very one. much so. So yeah, we'll be at PAX. Hopefully, and again, PAX unplugged. So hopefully see you all there. And if we don't see each other crossing through the night, don't for, don't forget, you have a future podcast to do. So we'll talk at some point in the near future. Right. Now, Anthony, beyond PAX, because PAX obviously is the biggest thing in board gaming upcoming, the day came, Anthony. The day that was f- spoken about in ancient text, and there was just s- s- every media outlet was covering it. Just every media outlet. Yes. Especially us, repeatedly over and over <laughs> again. Um. If you listen to anything on media, it's us. That's that's pretty much what happens. But, yeah, yeah. I hope so. I, oh, Just us. Yeah. yeah, no. Food Chain Magnet. What? Special edition. Get out of here. It's on GameFound. No. Right? It's, okay. So, last week we recorded this, like, the day before it went yes, up. And we talked about, where do we think it's going to uh-huh. land? And we were joking, like, oh, by the time you listen to this, you'll already know. Uh-huh. And, I thought we were being like kind of out there with our costs. Sure. I was like, it's going to be 300 bucks. And yours was, 
I think it was mine was two fifty to two to three hundred. I think you had three hundred and one dollar. I had two fifty to three hundred. Right. So we're like that, and I'm like, in my head, I was like, Chris is probably right because three hundred is a, so much yeah. money. That's like more than the base game cost originally when it was being printed in like their backyard mm-hmm. or wherever they print these yeah. games. Uh, how much is it actually, Chris? <laughs> well. I don't know what what's the translation rate these days. It's it's three hundred euros. I don't I don't know what the current what the euro is selling at these days. What's yeah? So on Tuesday last uh-huh. week when I checked, it was three hundred and twenty seven dollars. Oh okay. Uh, after conversion, uh, plus shipping, of course, because that's you're also giving them that money. But well, <laughs> keep that in mind. Well, to be fair, shipping's never expensive. No, never, no. never. It's not like forty or fifty dollars or whatever they're charging here. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a little expensive. So yeah, no, we we've talked about this for a while. I'm not really sure what the thought process was behind behind Splatter and Lucky Duck Games promoting this so far in advance because everyone was just waiting. Like there was very little information about it, and and as the information built, I think there was just way too much time between like announcement and actual reveal. And I think that yeah. that created a lot of speculation about what it was going to cost, and people just had way too much time to just like, oh, it's going to be this. Like there, there was a general consensus amongst the community that, and again, depending on who you talk to, it was going to be anywhere between two hundred and three hundred because again, the game, the games themselves are, you know, the the food chain magnet and the expansion. If you put them together, again, give or take where you purchase it from. It's about two hundred dollars. Yeah, so two hundred two fifty max because that's the retail. Yeah, and and no one's buying retail. <laughs> well, but, unless you're a dummy like me and you pre-order it from Europe. Yeah, but you got <laughs> it. You get you get the benefit of getting it. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, early. Yeah, but at this point, they're about two hundred. And again, there's some discounts and things you can get in certain places, but they're basically two hundred. Sure. So if this version of it is adding on some additional artwork. Some plastic minis, and again, that's where we're always getting into trouble. How much more could they possibly sell a game that's already been out there for so long and has seemed to hit like its general level? So, you know, if you buy them both with all the expected stuff, you assume that it would be somewhat a package deal, somewhat a reasonable price that would, you know, consider like the additional pieces, but yet at the same time, Consider what the game is currently selling for. The game has sold so many copies. I thought within a hundred dollars, right, for the plastic. Yeah, and I was wrong. <laughs> you, you, my sir, are crazy. Yes, that I don't even know how you would think. Such I a don't thing. know. I mean, it's absolutely insane, especially with the shipping costs these days. On top of everything else, and also Splatter again, very expensive games, but their production, their design, again, is stylistic. Some people might call it sparse. Right. Uh, we're going to call it stylistic because they produced this type of game and this type of style for a very long time. And again, this being one of their best games of all time. So sure. But again, weird. Cause I don't, it's, I, I think it was kind of unexpected because splatter never did this before. And there yeah. was some expectation splatter being this very no nonsense, like, we're going to give you a great game with mechanics. It's going to be hard, crunchy. It's going to be bare bones as far as production and, and the design. But you're going to like it. And it's coming from a, a very tiny publisher. So 
this is what we're about. And the Lucky Duck Games comes in, which doesn't, I, I would never think of putting those two companies together. You know, as I would think it would be something else, something other, some other kind of European con- company that we know. And mm-hmm. we're like, all right, so what are you guys going to do? So, yeah, so mm-hmm. at least in the US and again around the world, everything's different because it is. Uh, you're looking at, again, $29 shipping. Uh, again, depending on what you think about that, because that's the way things are these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was... What, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's crazy. And I think there's a lot of things you can compare it to. Like, some people are comparing it to Nemesis, the new campaign that's running yes. now from Awakened Realms. And again, I think Awakened Realms might own GameFound, um, or at least is heavily invested in it. And that game, it all, their collector's pledge whatever is about $200, mm-hmm. right? Uh and but the thing they're comparing to is the number of backers versus the number of people following the project, which I always find interesting. So it currently has nineteen thousand backers, sixty one thousand people are following the project, so about a thirty percent conversion rate. Um, the conversion rate on Food Chain Magnet has just about twenty thousand followers, only twenty seven hundred people have backed it, so it's like twelve percent conversion yeah. rate. A lot of people follow this, myself included, being like. If they price it right, if there's enough stuff there, I might be interested. I could pick this up. Or maybe they were excited about it even. And then once that price dropped, you're like, ha, 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 no. That's like four or five other games, especially because most of these people already own this game. So you're saying, hey, I know you already have this game, but why don't you spend the equivalent of four or five new games, many people's budget for the year, and get something you already have that's just prettier. And no one's going to care because the type of people, well, I mean, some people will care, but the type of people who play this game, they're not really focused on the miniatures on the board, yeah. right? They're thinking about the money, the, the, the transactions. The other one I like to compare it to um, that I've seen online is the Castles of Burgundy campaign mm-hmm. um, that ran last year. And so this is an old game that a lot of people already owned being upgraded to the nth degree, like beyond what it's needed, but very pretty. And it came with not only that, but a new expansion that didn't exist before. And I'm not saying that they should have made new expansions for Food Chain Magnet. I don't think they need to, and they shouldn't make content just to make it. I hate that. But it came with that. It came with a playmat and all those miniatures and then upgraded hex tiles, like the acrylic hex tiles. And it was 142 euros. Mm -hmm. So less than half. Less than half (laughs) of what this costs. So... I don't know where the money's going. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it goes to just like Splatter saying, this is what our game costs mm-hmm. and this is what our licensing fee is. Sure. And the rest of it is going to upgrade stuff. There's like no savings here. This is just yeah. taking what the game already costs and adding on the cost of all the plastic. I don't, I don't understand it. I wish this was not as successful as it was mm-hmm. because the system needs to break. Yeah. It can't keep doing this. It's not sustainable. It's not good. It's bad for all of us. It's bad for the environment. Yeah. Shoot. Like, it just needs to break. So, I don't know. If you're out there being like, I don't know if I should have backed this. I don't know. Like, don't. <laughs> Unback it. Um, I, I'm sorry. I just, ugh, it just drives me nuts. And I, I've played, paid plenty of money for my share of big plastic boxes. And, you know, I regret many of them. But this is one where I'm just like, it should not exist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it Look, there's, I think like you said, let me put it this way. I'm happy that this was done as far as like it has been created. There's a better version of a thing and 
obviously it's from the original designers so that they create a thing. Awesome. They did a thing. It's not financially feasible for me or most people, especially those people, again, and I'll talk about it in a second, who already own the game. <laughs> I don't own this. I've played it several times. I've played the expansion. I would li- I would have liked to own this. I can't. I just can't afford that kind of that kind of expense for this type of game, which is again, and I'll talk about it in a second, it's probably only going to see seen limited gameplay. Uh, you could argue the upgrade gets it to the table more, and I'm not against that, but I think the type of game it is, if people see this and not know what type of game it is, they're going to have a bad time because it's not yeah. this is not a this is not a light, medium, or even heavyweight euro. This is just this is super crunch. This is like a this is certainly a four plus. And uh, we talked about this a lot. It, it's, it's a great game, has some of its downsides as far as that concerned. The amount of vitriol from, from the commenters just on the campaign, you, you kind of turned me on to this, just in the actual game found uh, you know, comment section was shocking. Because again, you would assume like, hey, damn, like that's way expensive. I can't believe you're, you're charging this for this. But it's, 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 it's everywhere. And again, I think it's because they've they've let that gap sit for so long where there was no information about the price that people just speculate to the point where they locked expectations in. And then when this came out, people were just shocked. I think people had expectations of like the games itself being slightly cheaper since they've already been out for so long. And again, if you are a Splatter fan, like you, you mentioned, Anthony, like you're not looking at this game for miniatures. You're not looking at this game for happy fun color design you're looking at this game for good gameplay so a lot of disappointment a lot of angry disappointment and i've seen a lot on social media too people are like well, what'd you expect and people are like a fair price you know i could actually play this game and i think i mentioned to you when, when we look at this initially was i think the one one of the reasons why this is so troublesome and you mentioned castles burgundy and nemesis and there's other campaigns too like this is that there's no other options but like an everything option. And I think that's really hard because the other options, when they know it's going to be more expensive, like the Castles of Burgundy, they offered you like, you could just get the castles that comes with the game. Or you could get these other pieces or other pieces or other pieces. So you didn't, you never felt hunkered down. Like you had, you felt like you had a choice. Here you don't have any kind of choice. And I think that really hurts a lot of gamers who, you know, wanted to have a, a choice here. Like, Put $100, you know, pay $100 for miniatures for the for the, the original sets. Like $100 is a lot of money for miniatures for this game because they're not, these are not like dragons and stuff like that. But make it 100 bucks for the original sets, sell it on the, on the Kickstarter, you're good. They did not do that. These are actually, you can't play this no. with the initial set. Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of things here that could have been done could have been done differently, you know? And then, and then the comments, like you said, there's a lot of argument of like, oh, it's Lucky Duck's fault or, oh, it's Splatter's fault. It doesn't really matter. No. Like, it's a, it's capitalism's yes. fault is what it 100%. is. 100%. Like, you know, and who, whichever combination of business people in this transaction pushed it in this direction, it's their fault too. But, you know, it's capitalism. Um, make a flat version. Make a version without miniatures. A lot of what they're saying is, you know, the cost is because we have to make the molds and make the miniatures. I'm like, sure, but maybe don't make this a one-time print maybe make it cheaper to start and expect more backers yeah. i don't know um make make a version with just cardboard that is just an upgraded 
you get the artwork, but it's a similar layout and style of the original without all the miniatures. Because I honestly wouldn't even want all the miniatures because when you'd have to have all that stuff on the table, it take up it more space. This is a big game, takes up a big footprint, dimensions gonna be even more so. They made it bigger. Yeah. And I think that was generally a mistake as well. Because again, yeah. it's just it's just a lot. So Yeah. Uh and again, I think I mean for the publishers out there who do who do this, you know, whether it's Splatter or Lucky Duck or any other games, like it's your toys. You get to do what you want with it, and I have no problem with that. But I think that they missed the fact and 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 this happens with fandom just generally. When people when something's out there, a work of art, and people invest in it financially and time and effort and fandom and all that kind of stuff, like we feel like we're part of it, and we want to be part of it, and we want to support it, and we've supported Splatter for many many years with their very expensive games, like insanely expensive games, because we knew that they were a small company and they were producing very niche kind of games. So we took pride on the fact that we were supporting companies. And again, this, like all these Kickstarter crowdfunding kind of sites, we feel like we're helping a company. So when the company comes back and they're like, hey, you know how you've helped us all along the way? Uh, here's the next thing that you can help. And you're like, I can't, I can't do that. You know, and, and, yeah. and I, I, it looks great. I want to. And it really bums me out that like, I can't participate in this because I've supported you you know, your per you know, through my purchases all these years and come on. <laughs> Just come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Yeah, it's a shame. But I don't know. And you know what? I, I know I told people don't back this, but listen, if you're excited about it, if it makes you happy, if you know you have people to play it yeah. with and you're you're well aware of what you're getting, then good for you. Like I it I can say it shouldn't exist, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't enjoy yeah. it. Um but I just, I just wish that this wasn't the direction all games would go. Like, there's a median, there's a line between what we currently have and what this is that I think a lot of people would have been happy sure. with, right? Like, upgraded artwork, slightly better components, but not like the whole nine yards. And I think that just really excludes a lot of people, both financially and just practic practically. Yeah. I, so that that's kind of where I come down and why I'm upset about. I it. just think that they could have, they didn't have to upscale the sizes of things. And then the miniatures yeah. could have been offered for the base games. You know, like they could offer a set where it's like new artwork and miniatures mm -hmm. at this at whatever price it is. And again, if they shrunk down the, the miniatures and, and, the, and the boards and everything, it would be cheaper to purchase. It would be cheaper to ship. And then the plastic and the other stuff, all the upgrades could have been a package like, hey, upgrade your money and your miniatures. And they fit with your regular game at half the price or whatever it is. I think that would have sure. that would have been fair and fun, and I think we would all enjoy you know popping up open our our games and like putting down the table again and putting that stuff there. So I, it's just it's just a very missed opportunity. I think it's a and again, I yeah, <laughs> people have a right yeah. to no, you're right. People yeah. have a right to feel bad about this, and they do. And yeah. you know, again, I feel bad because I think Splatter had an opportunity of really breaking into the major market. And I don't think this is going to do it because of the price. No. And I think there's... It does the opposite. Yeah, and I think a lot of people out there who are speculating and or people who are going to purchase this game not reading deeply into what type of game it is is going to be disappointed because, like, not many people are going to like this game. Like, I like this game, but, like, I have to stretch to like this game. Like, I have to, like... Yeah. I got I to gotta grind my teeth a little bit in playing this game. And I, and I think that's... 
I don't think I think I'm going above and beyond where more people would never be there. <laughs> Just like so, it's up on GameFound. I will be talking about it <laughs> in more detail, ranting and raving and all the good stuff on uh, our Patreon backed <laughs> episode. But yeah, Fuche Magnet Special Edition. We're talking about it, so I'm sure they're happy. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. true. So all right, <laughs> that's a thing. Ah, uh, anyhow. Anthony, above and beyond all that, let's uh, let's actually get into the episode because there's still a lot of games out there that are fairly reasonable that we can look at, dream about, and actually back reasonably without having put a second mortgage on our houses. Let's talk about our <laughs> acquisition disorders. So what do you have up for us this week? I love how you say that, and I'm, now I'm about to talk about a cool mini, a CMON yeah, game. Yeah, but um, someone has to do it, and, and you lost the toss, so. Yeah, yeah, it's on, it's on me. Uh, so the new Simon game is Deceased, a zombie side well, game. Well, that's, that's so clever. We had that's Mar- clever. <laughs> it is clever. Um, so we had Marvel Zombies uh-huh. uh, just shipped to everybody recently. And now we have the DC version mm-hmm. of that because DC also had their own, like, everybody's a zombie comic book series. Um, so this is pretty much identical to that other campaign in terms of like what you could get minus the giant Galactus thing, at least so far, they haven't introduced any giant thing. So you have a $130 pledge. Pretty sure is about what the last one cost, um, which comes with like eight base heroes and then six zombie heroes <laughs> and a bunch of horde zombies, right? So like the basic box and then a few bystanders. So enough to play the game, a legitimate version. This is probably what will be on the retail um, shelves. It'll be on Amazon and all that good stuff in a year and a half when they find it, you know, finish making it. Uh, and then they have stretch goals, as is generally the case. They currently have, I think, like 30 or 40 that they've announced. Um, the game is up for three more days uh, when I'm looking at this. So they're probably pretty close to done. If you listen to this early in the week, probably everything is there, right? So the they don't go particularly deep. Like, this is their first game with DC stuff. So they haven't really had to dive too deep into the well. Like, a lot of these are characters that you would know, mm. right? So even in the stretch goals, you're getting like Blue Beetle, Aquaman, Black Adam, you know, Martian Manhunter. There's a few other oddballs in there that maybe don't jump out, you know, like Static and Wonder Girl and Dead Man. <laughs> um, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, it's, you know, it's a lot of characters that you would know, right? Um, they don't have 400 versions of Batman, which I do appreciate, <laughs> right? <laughs> out of the box in the in the Kickstarter versions. You do have a lot of Batman villains, especially on the zombie heroes side. You have like the penguins in there. They have a couple versions of uh, Robin. You got Red Robin. Um, but for the most part, it's fairly balanced across the DC oeuvre, which I, I'm happy with because I feel like a lot of the time we get DC stuff and it's just Batman. Like 400 versions of Batman. Like I don't, I love Batman, but I don't want only Batman. Um, <laughs> in the optional buys, that's where you can get your Batman on. So they released a series of five different Dark Knights metal uh, zombie side packs, yeah. like last metal, year. Baby. So you can get a you can get a crossover for those, so you can play those in this game. Um, so it comes with like the zombie cards, and then you have the all the upgrades. So Arkham Asylum, Gotham Knights, those are your two Batman packs. Um, then you've got Shadow Pact, which is like your um, Constantine and Zatara, like your your dark arts, your magic people. Um, the Unkillables with like Bane and Deadshot. And then you've got the Green Lantern Corps with all the Green Lanterns, which are very cool little sculpts because they got like the clear green stuff like we had with the Phoenix in the last set. Um, 
So ultimately, it's zombie side with DC heroes uh-huh. and DC zombies. <laughs> Not much else to say about it. <laughs> like, um, it's just as expensive as the last time around. It's like one thirty, and then everything else is an add-on. Sure. So it's like another two two fifty or so for everything else. So it's like four hundred bucks for all of yeah. it. And the shipping right now, all they're telling you is what it's going to cost for the base set, <laughs> like with the with the uh, um, all the the stretch goals. So that is depending on where you live, like thirty five to fifty dollars in shipping. It does not include the stretch goals. Last time they infamously had a big, big surprise for everybody on the shipping side. Some people were paying a hundred, two hundred plus dollars in wow. shipping for the Marvel Crazy. Zombies. Um, it looks like some people are going to be hit with that this time as well, but at least they're telling you up front. So that's a thing. <laughs> um, so I don't know, several hundred dollars, a bunch of plastic in boxes. You know, Simon, you know what you're getting. If you love zombies and you love DC, this is it. If you are like, why would I do that? Then it's not for you. <laughs> it's not for you. Um, I love DC. I, I did end up picking up some of the Marvel zombie stuff just because I like the Marvel. I like the sculpts. I like what they did with it. But I obviously didn't go full all in with what they had done originally. And I certainly did not pay the crazy shipping. So this is one of those ones where I'm like, I don't want to pay all that stupid shipping. And I don't want to back all the extra stuff. But we'll see. It's amazing that they've taken what 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 was a very basic kind of tactical skirmish game and i guess because and we've talked about this a lot right because of the minis because of the ips because of initially the legally distinct characters that they put in there it's just still going like yeah i would love to meet somebody or meet several people who actually continuously purchase all this stuff i know I just want to know why, and I, and this is not to shame or anybody. Like, I I I, it, I could see this being your thing, like as a life of like this is a lifetime game right there, and all the versions of yeah. it really play well, and it's gotten better in its iterations throughout the years. So, if you mm-hmm. have a room full of this stuff, I think that's great. I just don't know who those people are. I'm always surprised that like these campaigns keep coming up, and people keep you know pushing it over millions and millions of dollars. I just don't know who those people are. I've never seen them at the game night, and maybe it's because there's too much stuff to bring there, but I'm just so interested about that because it's just, I don't know, what is this, the 15th or 16th or 20th version of Zombicide with things? And each version comes with it's, like a ton of stuff. So much stuff. Yeah, like I only have a few things, and it's so much stuff. I'm like, I could never get through all of this, whether I wanted to paint it or play yeah. it or sell it i don't know <laughs> like there's so much stuff there uh and this is yeah very much in that ballpark uh i i don't know it's an ip thing i think people like to collect sure. this stuff and, the, and and they know that i will say though that this one is not putting up crazy numbers yet it's it's 1.3 million which sounds like a lot but compared to like some of their more recent sure. campaigns um with marvel stuff and people are gonna be like oh marvel's better than dc and i'm like i don't know <laughs> I don't think that's it, but I think people are just getting tired of paying this sure. money for stuff. Like Marvel Zombies, twenty nine thousand backers for nine million dollars. Wow. This has eight thousand backers for one point three million with three days to go. Yeah. Like clearly, one of them is making more money than the other, and it's yes, the Marvel IP is stronger, and people knew Marvel Zombies from What If, and you got the giant Galactus that they could sell. But I, I have to imagine they would see this as a bit of a disappointment. Mm. 
Yeah. I guess I guess everybody runs out of rim eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Well, I have the complete opposite for you, Anthony. I have a Kickstarter game called Kelp. Shark versus Octopus. Two-player asymmetrical game. Hide and seek meets bluffing and manipulation. Deck builder meets dice bag builder. A dedicated two-player game of Shark versus Octopus. Uh, this is something I talked about on my Kickstarter episode. And Everything about this game just really works. Let me just start off by saying that. Like, it has a visual appeal aesthetic that is just so invocative of that underwater kind of kingdom where everything is that blue and green, and the artwork has that kind of like watercolor effect to it. And it is as it says it is. It's a two player game. The shark is going to be rolling dice, which seems to fit, right? Dice, <laughs> dice always feel like very aggressive and, you know, very chancy. And the shark's trying to get to the eat the octopus, and the octopus is trying to avoid it at all costs. And the octopus is chill and smart and playing some cards. So it's got the deck building side of, of that. And it looks like underwater Stratego. Like, if you remember back in the day where you had your pieces lined up in such a way that one side shows nothing to the opponent, but on the other side shows what kind of unit it is. So here in this game, there's 18 pieces, these kind of like shelf pieces. And as the octopus, you're going to manipulate these different pieces to hide behind different parts of the reef and set up traps, or it could be food, positive stuff for the shark. And it's a back and forth type of game. And I just really love that idea that they that they took into consideration these two different types of animals and how they would approach each other and what kind of elements and tactics would they employ. And it looks just it just looks fun. It looks colorful. It looks light. It does have a deluxe version of it, and the deluxe version uh, is all aesthetics, with the exception of you could pick up the. Uh, uh, I guess a, a very six mini expansion, which you could also pick up separately, but none of that's needed, but it's nice that it's there because the regular production is very nice in and of itself. And, you know, it's pretty cool. I don't know. Um, I've been looking at it, holding on to it. It's about 50 bucks US. If you want to pick it up, the uh, deluxe version is $66. Still not totally crazy. And then if you want to get the super deluxe version with the expansion, it's going to be 75 and, you know, it it just looks different. It looks different and yet familiar as far as, like, things that we played in the past. And just it just looks good. like it. I, I really, really like the look right? of this. Because it's, it has a style yes. to it. I feel like a lot of the times when we have animals or nature, it's just, like, a picture of the animal <laughs> or nature. But there's something there's stylistic yeah. about it. I like it. They incorporate the background and all the artwork in the board, even in the dice tray that you could pick up as an add-on. And it just mm. really, sh it, it showcases the personality of the, of these two different animals in a way that I think is just really interesting. Cause it really puts you into the mindset of, you know, being one of these underwater creatures. So yeah, it's on Kickstarter. Uh, you have a couple more days if you want to check it out. All right, Anthony, those are the games that we want at the table. Let's talk about the games that we did at the table and we'll let people know if those games are a buy. And they should run and pick those games up, despite the crazy cost on Kickstarter. <laughs> if those games are playing, they should sit down and play them during the holiday season. If those games are dodge, and they should avoid them at all costs. Or if, in fact, the games are the dreaded burn, 
And they've just weighed themselves down with so much plastic that they sunk to the bottom of the ocean with the octopus and shark. So, Anthony, my friend, what did you play this week? Alrighty. I I did get a game to the table. Oh, look, you did a thing. I did it. Yes. (laughs) Holidays. Holidays are great. (laughs) Um, So I played Imperial Miners. This is the new game from Portal Games in the Imperial universe i don't know what they call this there's different games in the imperial settler style artwork wise um this one is the least like the original game by a country mile right you have imperial settlers you have empires of the north which has the same idea of like the factions and you have separate decks this one has none of that um this is a tableau builder in which you are mining down into the ground and you activate different things that you've built in your mind. Very simple, very straightforward. The game itself could take as little as 30 minutes once everybody knows the rules. Pretty accessible for the kids, family. Like, it's it's relatively light. Um, not something I would necessarily say about the other two games. So this is designed by Tim Armstrong. Um, and Tim has done a lot of lighter, smaller box type stuff. So Orbis, Arcana Rising, Kaiju Crush, some other recent games uh, that Tim has worked on. And so in this game, you have a hand of cards. Um, You'll start the game with a certain number of cards that you kind of quasi-draft. And these have different numbers on them uh, that represent the, the level at which they have to be built. You have your own personal player board. On your turn, you just play a card down. You don't have to necessarily pay for it. Let's have a cost on it. So like level one cards are free, and then the cost goes up from there. You have coins to pay that cost. And then... Level one cards need to go on level one, which means right below your player board. Level two needs to go below level one. Um, it needs to be offset from a level one card. Level three below level two, so on and so forth. So to play a level four card, you need to have played several one, twos, and threes, right? Um, when you play the card, it will have some kind of effect. So it might have an ongoing effect. It might have an immediate effect. Um, most of them have immediate effects. You will activate that card when you play it, and then you will choose a path upwards because every card will have two cards above it. Um, or could have two cards above it, and you will activate every single card above it all the way back to your player board where you will activate one of the three options on that player board. So as you build out your mind and dig deeper, you are taking more actions. So if you get all the way down to level four, you get to take five actions because you take the level four, then the three, then the two, then the one, and then your main player board. So it's kind of cool like that. Um, There are 10 rounds in the game, uh, so you can't build this out infinity, right? It's relatively limited. The timer is a an event deck. So at the beginning of every round, you flip an event card that tells everybody something that they get. It's almost, I think it's always positive. I haven't seen any negative ones. At least I've seen some that are kind of neutral, but nothing bad. So they're all positive events. So some kind of a additional bonus or benefit or something you get throughout the round um, or a one-time thing that helps you right away. And you are just trying to generate... Um, it's points, but it's diamonds, or I don't know. It's, they're not really clear what it is. They just say VP, but it's like little diamond chips. Uh, there are little connectors between your cards, too, that if you match them up puzzle piece style, it's bonus points at the end of the game. You can also kind of upgrade those with like these mine carts that come with stickers that I did not want to put on, <laughs> so I did not put them on, because there's like a hundred oh, of man. them. No, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, and then there's these three progress boards that you can move up throughout the game. Now, it seems like you should be able to move up multiples, but you move up them very quickly. So you get a lot of progress points, or you can if your engine goes in that direction. So one of the times I played, I was able to get up five, I think, progress boards, like all the way up. And then once you get all the way to the top of one of the progress boards, you start over and you can go up another one. You can only go up one at a time. 
And all these things are is like bonuses that you can get based on where you land on that track. And they, they're thematic to some degree. So there's like an economic one that gives you coins. And there's one that gives you points. There's another one that gives you like card draw. It's, it's entirely up to you which one you want to go with. You can't go up the same one two times in a row. That's basically it. Um, the game is very quick. It is simultaneous action because there is zero, <laughs> zero interaction with your fellow players here. There's no drafting. There's no attacking. There's maybe in an expansion they could add that stuff. Maybe they don't want to. Um, the solo rules for the game basically said, just do everything we just said, but by yourself because there are no rule differences. Uh, there's no worker placement or anything. It's, so it's it's very hands-off with each other, but it's very quick. So if you hate those long multiplayer solitaire games, this is at least a short one. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily want to play it with like five people because you'd always be sitting there silently not interacting with each other for half an hour, but it's also only a half an hour. So <laughs> eh. um, it's a reason to sit down at the table and not have to talk to somebody for a half hour. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I, as a, as a puzzle player, as a tableau builder lover, as somebody who likes to maximize the efficiency of what I'm doing, I had a lot of That's fun great. with it. I thought it was very fun and interesting. Um, one time I, I went in a direction and just got a ton of money and I was able to use it, which is great. Another time I had very little money, but I like maximized the connection points between my different mining spots and that got me a lot of points. So it's very cool, like the different ways you can kind of approach your tableau. It has a lot of things I wish it had, right? Like, I wish there was some way to in- implement some kind of interaction with the other players. I wish there was some more theme to the progress boards. I wish you had some kind of asymmetry to your own player board um, or f- a faction of some kind. Like, in this case, the six factions that you see in Imperial Settlers, like the Barbarians and the Japanese and the, um, the, the Romans, like, they're all there, but they're represented by, like, icons on cards that chain into other icons like a card will say you know get two dollars for every roman icon you have in your mind like okay so you get rewarded for synergy um which is cool but it'd be cool if that was like baked into what you were doing as a player a little bit more all of that said i still had fun with it i think those are things like i was expecting something more interactive based on what the other games are and this is not that um this is just using the theme of that and so it just kind of threw my expectations off a little bit uh, so it's a very solid play. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I think I will hold on to it, at least in the short term, because it's quick and easy. And it's like 30 bucks on Amazon, so it's relatively inexpensive as well. Um, for what you get in the box, I think it's pretty fair. The only other thing I want to mention is that they have these little gems mm-hmm. that represent your victory points. And they are blue, purple, and green. But if your table is not Uh-oh. white, then the blue and the green look identical. Uh. Once you set them down Ooh. on the table. So on the <laughs> on the brown table I have downstairs, identical. On the gray table upstairs, identical. Even on the light tan color, like the bamboo table, very close. So maybe just get one type of chip and just count them out. Like they're supposed to be ones, fives, and sure. tens. I don't know. Maybe get poker chips, do something else. It's, it uh, doesn't work. But that's it's a small thing. It's nice that they tried. They're nice they're little shiny. chips, but it's just the colors. Yeah. yeah. Colors are too close. The purple stands out. So maybe just use two of the colors. Um, but yeah, Imperial Miners, I was pleasantly surprised, even though it was something completely different than I thought it would be. <laughs> so uh, check it out if you like Tableau Builders. If you really like to interact with the other other fellow players, then maybe not. Yeah, I really like the production here. The artwork is great. You mentioned the little, I guess, gem pieces, which are color problematic, but look well produced. Yeah. 
the little mining carts are nice little pieces, even if you didn't sticker all the stickers on them. No, what always not. kind of just <laughs> boggles the mind, and I get why they do this, is because of marketing reasons. Like, it's Imperial Miners. Like, I get it, but you got stop doing this. <laughs> Publishers, please. Like, because people yeah. bought, because everyone thinks it's the same type of game, and they don't look into it. Oh, it's, an, it's another Imperial Settlers game. Okay, cool. And you get it, and you're like, this is not that, because... Yeah. Again, when you buy these games, you're not buying these typically at a game store. You're buying these online, and typically when you buy them online, there's just the box cover and very little information yeah. about it. So it's not to say it's a bad game. Like you said, it seems like a very good game, like a game that you would buy, right? You would get, kind of give us a buy for people, give or take, or a play. But it's it's a high play. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't... It's not quite a buy on my rating scale, but I'm happy. I yeah, it. and you're a big Imperial Settlers fan. Like you own yeah. pretty much all the stuff on that? I do. I have the complete collection in the big box. I also have the complete Empires of the North. And that's the thing is Empires of the North is like Imperial yes. Sisters. It's a spin on that yes. mechanic. So when they do a third game in that series, I expect another spin <laughs> on that mechanic. I thought I was getting I thought I was getting a light, more family friendly version of that game. It's not yeah, what it's it is. Completely different. It's yeah. good. It could be literally any yeah. other theme. There's no civilization elements to this game at yeah. all. Like it's just the theming, and even then, only if you look at the cards carefully. So it doesn't need to be this. And it, it just seems um, weird too. I mean, I get the imperial thing, but imperial imperial miner seems weird. And we'll buy yeah. your games. Like you don't have to do this. You're just confusing people. That's all. Yeah, it's it's Tim and Tim Armstrong pitched a game about yeah. mining, and Portal Games is like, oh, we like this. Oh, we could slap on imperial something, and they're like. I guess we could do that. Like we're doing it. I'm like okay, everything we do is imperial. Just like all right, yeah. except it's not. So why did you do I it this time? I, I don't, don't know. know. That's kind of thing. Yeah, but it's a good game. It's a good game. Don't don't ignore it because you didn't like Imperial Settlers because it's not remotely like that game at all. Yeah, and that's <laughs> other than the tableau building. There is a tableau building to it, but even then, it's like a mechanical tableau building, not a cumulative. So I mean, that's a good point, right? So. Their assumption is they're going to gain more people because of the pre- of the name, but actually that's going to throw people because it's not like an Imperial Settlers game. And yet people who don't like Imperial Settlers are not going to pick it up because they're going to assume it's like Imperial Settlers. So you're only going to disappoint people when they play yes. it. Yes. They may buy it, but they're going to be disappointed. There's just no way around it. Or not buy it and then be disappointed and- that they didn't buy it. And that's exactly what happened. My first play, I was mildly disappointed. And, but then I played it again and with like a clear mind. I'm like, okay, it's not that. Let's play it for what it is. Oh, it is good. I like yeah, this. I've, I feel like it might even grow on me more over time. I don't know. I, I mean, I I have the Imperial Settlers game and I don't know if I have one or two expansions, but it's kind of been like an okay thing. And I know it's a big thing for you. So I've just kind of like glazed over when I see Imperial out there. So when this came up, I glazed over it. I'm like, I don't want another expansion to this game, which I find like fine. But... I don't want to own any more of it. So I think you'd like okay. this one. See, this is what I'm saying. This is why I listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in your ballpark. The type of tableau. I love a tableau bill. It's my favorite uh, board game yeah. mechanic. All right. Well, it was Thanksgiving with the family. And you know, when Chris has Thanksgiving with the family, you can imagine all of the amazing possibilities of games hitting the table. Super crunchy, super thematic, super fun, <laughs> long hours at the table, getting the family to just play the most epic games of all time. He's got Feld. He's got Uwe Rosenberg's. 
He's got Vitalis Cerners. What's going to hit the table? Well, my friends, let me tell you about two board games uh, that my family brought to the table. (laughs) (laughs) Although there is a twist. So the first game up is something probably many of you have played at some point. I have not. I've avoided it somehow. I didn't mean to, but I did. But I went to my family's house, and they're like, hey, we got this great game. We know you like games. I'm like, oh, no. They (laughs) were just like, ooh, what's this going to be? It's Skippo. I know. There was no fanfare for that. Uh, Skip. (laughs) Yeah, Skippo. Skip-bo, B-O. From 1967, although it's been reprinted infinitely, it's got a 50th anniversary and such. Uh, build runs from 1 to 12 and be the first player to play all the cards from your deck. Yeah. So, it's basically what you think. It's a huge deck of cards that are just numbered with the occasional Skippo wild card on here. And to give you a hint, like... I was, I was, I need to put this on the spreadsheet. I need to pull it up so I could talk to you about it. I forgot completely. I was like, is it, what, what name is this game? Is it, is it Skillbo? Is it, is it Bop? I don't, I don't, it's not a memorable game. That's, that's the headline here. The game itself is pretty straightforward. Nothing really too complicated about it. Basically what you're going to do is you're going to, again, based on the number of players, this is one of the strengths of the game is you can play with many different types of player count you're going to get a stockpile of cards. So typically a stockpile of cards is going to be 30 cards. I will come back to that. You get 30 cards, you put them face down, you flip the top one over, and that is your objective. Get rid of your stockpile, one card at a time. So whatever the face-up card is, is a card that you need to get rid of. At the start of your turn, you're going to be given five cards. These five cards are numbers. You'll be able to play these out to a, a communal tableau there's four different piles that you can build towards and everyone will be building towards these piles so eventually someone will put a one out or skippo because again it's a wild and now you're off to the races on so there's a there's a one out there you play a two you play a three you play a four maybe on your stockpile there's a number five and you get to play that off then you get to flip open the flip over the next stockpile card and it's a nine well you kind of ran out of your cards in your hand. Your hand's there to help you be able to get rid of your stockpile. Now you have to put them into your discard pile in front of you. You can create four different discard piles, and you can stack cards up there. But basically, your hand of cards and your discard cards are what going what are what's going to be allow you to play the cards from your stockpile. Everyone's going to play to those four piles until they hit twelve. They'll go away, get shuffled back into the discard. And then eventually people will build it up again. So honestly, you know, like my family was talking about this. This, you know, not immediate family, but my family was talking about this. And they were like, oh, this game's, you know, they played very well. That person did a good move and stuff like that. There is no strategic decisions here that the most simple computer AI couldn't do themselves because you have your hand of cards, you have what's in your discard pile, which are cards. And then you have your stockpile, which you're trying to get rid of. And then, of course, the middle tableau of four cards that you're going to play towards to, to build up that ladder. It's just a matter of, you know, which card goes first. So you got five cards, you got the cards on the thing, and you play the cards. I mean, that's pretty much it. I'm not trying to hate on it because it is what it is. It's meant to be kind of a somewhat solitaire type of game where 
When the cards go out to the middle, you're playing cards on top of it. You've all played Solitaire with the computer. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. You're doing that thing, trying to get rid of your pile. So it's Solitaire, but with multiple people. I won the game, but I never felt like I actually did anything that was smart. Really, the only thing you can do that actually has an influence in the game is, one, you forget that you have certain cards in your hand or in the stockpile. So you don't play the cards in the right order, but nonetheless, your hand, the discard pile, and the card and stockpile are all available to you. And two, I guess you could do some kind of like somewhat minor, if you're lucky, uh, hate play, where if you know someone needs to play a 10, you know, you could play another card there to kind of block them, but you don't really have enough cards to be able to do that, and getting rid of your stockpile is more important. Uh, it's Skippo. It's a small deck card game, give or take. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a hard dodge for me. It's a dodge. <laughs> it's a dodge. Yeah. I, I have never played this. I have successfully Ooh. dodged this my entire life. Yeah. Play Solitaire. Have, give, get a bunch of decks for everybody and let everyone play Solitaire by themselves. That's a lot more engaging than this, but nonetheless. Next up is Disney. The Muppet Christmas Carol. I don't know why they need to say that because it's the Muppet Christmas Carol. Everyone knows the Muppet Christmas Carol. If you haven't seen it, you should. It's awesome. Disney, the Muppet Christmas Carol, Spirit of Giving Gate. First off, Disney, look, you listen every week. We appreciate that. This, it's way too long of a name. It's just way too long of a name for a game, especially if it's a small card game in a box. This is uh, by Funko Games. We like Funko Games. They do a lot of great family games. And this is a, I guess this is a set collection game, best to say. So at the start of the game, you're given three cards. Uh, the three cards are of a particular color each, and they represent the different characters in the Muppet Christmas Carol. So if you like the Muppets, cool. You got awesome Muppets here from the Christmas Carol, and their names are based upon the Christmas Carol. So um, there's a lot of cards out there. And each of the different characters has a lot of different colors. You get three cards, two are face up, one's face down. Your job is to match the three colors or the three characters, regardless of the colors. And then you're able to put those away in a discard and you get a gift. A gift is a little tile that looks like a gift. And on the bottom side, it has a number one, two, three, or four, five, as far as points are concerned. The add-on here is that you can complete other players' set. And if you do so, you get a gift and they get a gift. But you get to decide, obviously, you give them the lower point total. That's kind of different. It's kind of nice. And it does benefit you. So, cool. Uh, now, Anthony, I think this is the part where I think it's going to be, a, this game's going to impress you. Because I didn't think it was going to do a okay. thing, but it did a thing. Right. If you know anything about the Christmas Carol, or especially the Muppets Christmas Carol, you know that Scrooge is being haunted uh, by three ghosts of Christmas. Uh, hopefully to change his uh, perspective on humanity and make him a good man. So what you do with the deck that you're going to be drawing from is you're going to split the deck up into four sections. Each of the different sections has one of the ghosts come out. And there's three ghosts and Scrooge is on the top. So at the start of the game, you got the Scrooge card that is in the middle of the game. It's not a card. It's a little little harder kind of cardboard. And Scrooge, because he's Scrooge, 
only lets you do one thing, which is draw a card from the top and play the card to your tableau or someone else's tableau. Cool. That's what you do for the first quarter of the game. Everyone's just playing those cards. And there's also a wild card, but that's not neither here or there. Soon, you'll get to the Ghost of Christmas Past. Now, what happens now is there is now a second action you can choose from. So you can either choose Scrooge, which he takes, because that's Scrooge. He takes from the pile. Or you could take the Ghost of Christmas Past, and her action is you take from the discard pile. So past, discard pile, cute, like, like that. And then as the game goes on, eventually the Ghost of Christmas Present comes out, and the Ghost of Christmas Present offers you another choice, one of the three choices, to actually swap two cards of the players that are playing. Present, right? You swap that kind of stuff. And then finally, the last ghost that comes out, the Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come, the scary one, allows you to look at the hidden cards of the other players and then choose another action. So it scaffolds really nice, Anthony. It allows like the players at the table to do a simple thing, which is take a card and play a card. And then it allows them to now take an option. If I see a discard on the top that really works, I could do that instead. Or then later, now building up, you can actually swap cards between the players to, to activate the scoring. Or then finally, to do the thing which allows you to see the card that's hidden. I really like the idea of ramping up the different choices, making more choices as the game goes on, as people feel more comfortable. Usually when I play games with the family, I explain the rules. I've explained a lot of games, and they're like, uh, it seems like a lot. I'm like, don't worry, when we play this game, we just do whatever the cards come out, the main kind of action cards. That worked really well. I was surprised. I love the Muppet Christmas Carol, but I had no intention of loving this game because it is <laughs> as basic as it can be. But the fact that the actions build up and give you more choices of things to do is such a smart idea for a family game that I was really impressed by this. Um, the card artwork is good. The production is good. It's a small box game. You can pick this up fairly inexpensive. I'm going to give it a play. I think they did a really nice job with this. Funko Games always is surprising, and they surprised me. So, yeah. It's that Funko magic, man. I'm going to have to pick this one up, see if the kids like it. There are not a lot of good Christmas games. No, they're... They're, In fact, I would argue there are none. (laughs) There are very bad Christmas games. This is one of the good ones. And, Anthony, you like that scaffolding, right? That's something we've learned about the cognitive load. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's it's You have to have it, especially for new gamers. Mm-hmm. You cannot throw multiple mechanics at them at once. This much. works really good if, you, if you're going to a family function or you want to buy a game for a family member. I would recommend this because, again, like I said, all they need to do is set the game up and then it just it, 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 it teaches itself as the game goes on. All right. So that's all the games that we hit the table this week. Anthony, let's do it. It is our feature review, and of course, our feature review this week is our listeners' favorite games for 2023. Anthony, it's it's been a long tradition here. Uh, we love our games. We love talking about the games that we love. But honestly, the games that really matters are the ones that our listeners love. So we got a good list here this year. We do. Yeah. So like I said at the top of the show, we put this up to the listeners. Um, there was a photo. Fo- post on Facebook and as well as in our show notes where you could fill out a a form. Tell us your five favorite games in no particular order from the year. And then I aggregated all those together, counted them up and made a top 10 list. So um, just right off the top of the bat, 
want to announce our winner here, Omar. So thank you, Omar, for submitting your list, which included Thunder Road, Vendetta, Apiary, Distilled, Nucleum, and The White Whoa. Castle. Um, two of those are on our final what? list. I'll just say oh. that now. We'll have to you have to guess which ones. Spoiler. Um, so Omar, I'm going to reach out to you. You're going to get a, a prize option. Our top 10 this time around has a lot of games that you cannot actually find. So we're going to open that up a little bit so you can choose from some other games. Um, I would the take the new car. Uh, but, Omar, take the new car. Yeah, right. <laughs> door I, number one. Door I mean, number as two. soon as we get Mr. Beast sponsoring us, this, this podcast is taken off. I'm just letting you know right now. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the original thought was pick a game from the top 10 and you can win that. And then I made the top 10. I'm like, seven of these, either we can't afford to send somebody or <laughs> they are not in print because it was a Kickstarter and they're yes. all sold out. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll get you yes. hooked up, Omar. Uh, and thank you to everybody who filled out the, the forms. So we're going to kick it off here with number 10. And number 10 and number 9 have something in common. So we'll kind of talk about them together. Um, Voidful at number 10. There you go. Yes. Big, chonky box. We'll probably be talking about this one at the end of the year in our own list. Because I, I famously spent three and a half weeks learning how to play this game. And then playing it several times. Um, this was my at the table for think three or four episodes in a row um so if nothing else i've spent plenty of time with this um but it's it's a big sprawling mess of a game that does a lot of interesting things yeah this is surprising this is mind clash and they're known for their big sprawling games that does a lot like they throw everything in the box and sometimes Mm -hmm. a little a little too much but again what's been surprising about this is that so many people kind of got on board because i've seen this at multiple meetups so I'll actually get this to the table as well. It's a very good game uh, with a lot of extra stuff. Yeah, on top. a lot of so extra stuff. That it is, it is a high barrier to entry. Yeah, yeah. a game doesn't have to be every game for everybody at every player count. Just saying that. Yes, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you turn into the George R. R. Martin of board <laughs> games, just like fourteen hundred pages. Um, all right, number nine. Like I said, they're related is Septima. So this is the other Mind Clash game that came out mm-hmm. this year. This one just shipped. So apparently a bunch of people had a chance to play it pretty quickly. Um, you backed this one, right? I don't know as much about this. I didn't back it, nor have I played so it So another Mind Clash game, and we're big fans of Mind Clash. I backed this. I was excited about it because they were talking about this as being a more streamlined version of their games. And I was like, they never do that. <laughs> so... I know. <laughs> I was like, I got to see this live. Uh, it's about building a witch coven and enthralling the townsfolk and utilizing powers of the new Septima. I, I was hoping to get this played for, you know, Halloween. But again, they had a shipping issue where they were shipping, they're shipping people, were shipping the game without any kind of protection for the box. And they stopped that and they corrected mm. it, which I appreciate, but it took longer to get. But I have it now and it's punched and it's ready to go. So. They will be a, uh, a review very soon. Yeah, Wonderful. looking forward to it. Um, all right. Number eight on the list is another big, chunky, game-found Kickstarter uh, exclusive, The Castles of Burgundy Special Come Edition. Come on, no one's going to back that. Yeah, they are. <laughs> His name is me. It's this guy. Um, I. You know what? I... I wallowed in this for a long time. I'm kind of happy okay. I backed it. I've now played it several times alone, but I've played it several times solo, and it's a big box. It takes a lot of time to set it up. So I, 
it's it's very pleasing to look at and to hold. I appreciate the fact you took a risk on this young new designer, <laughs> and uh, you know gave this game a chance. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, Stefan Feld and Awaken Realms. They needed someone to take. A <laughs> there you go. Them, so I, I took one for I the mean, team. It, again, we we talked about this before. Like, what was great about this campaign was it did offer different levels of like backing the game so you could pick whatever yeah. you want and, and it wasn't one massive kind of like you have to back everything or else so i appreciate yeah. that yeah and like even once they started releasing stuff like you didn't have to get like everybody got the castles but you didn't have to get all the other miniatures because that was tiles. another like 150 dollars yeah. yeah the acrylic tiles or like the extra upgrades like i got a high level of backing i didn't need to sure. do that so it was nice that they offered that. And it's still the same game. Like this is an old game now on the list, but that, you know, there's new expansions. There's new ways to engage with it. It has all of the old, you know, kind of promo expansions yeah. mixed in. So it feels like a new experience, even though it's not really. And that's what I want. If you're going to update a game like this, is it, I feel like I'm coming to it fresh, not just like making it pretty. So my friends are willing to play yeah. it again. Um, which it also does that. Yeah. Again, I think this, the production here, needed to be done because i mean i know it got yeah. it got a second edition and, and such because the original version was like the traditional euro kind of pancake beige and green so this definitely yeah. pops and uh yeah it's still, still a great game absolutely all right next up on the list we have number seven ap yeah buddy space bees <laughs> uh <laughs> So, Can't wait for someone to actually make that a song. That's going to happen at some point. Space, space bees, yeah. It's got to have like a little That's buzz right. to it, though. Uh, so this is the new Stonemeyer game. It's designed by Connie Vogelman, oh. um, who is a brand new designer. This is their first design. Nice and, um, and art artwork by Quanchai Moria. So it looks very pretty. And it is legitimately space bees. It's not just like bees. <laughs> They're like, no, let's do bees, but put them in yes. space. And... The theme reflects that. Um, I have a copy of this downstairs that Stonemeyer Games was kind enough to send us for review. Um, have not had a chance to play it sufficiently enough to review the game, but it does some very interesting ah. things. Uh, I'll put it that way. So maybe Chris, you and I get a chance to play it this weekend, and we could talk about it in a yeah. future week. But it's it's a it's interesting. It's not like the last few Stonemeyer games were interesting for different reasons. Not always good. This is interesting in some interesting and good ways. So I, I look forward to talking. about yeah, it. Yeah, no, again, I was excited to see a new designer at the table and yeah, great production. All right. Uh, next up we have Oranian burger canal. You made that up, which it translates in German to orange burger right. canal. So there's, you're not missing anything if you don't. It is my favorite canal, um, so I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's right there. <laughs> um, so this was a Spielworks game that was on GameFound uh, a couple years ago. It shipped early this year. It is a one or two player uh, Euro game from Uwe Rosenberg, and unlike Fields of Arl, which is also a one <laughs> or two player Ro Rosenberg game, this one uses the um, the little yes. wheel thingy. That you have in or Labora, uh, forgetting the name of the or game. Labora, there you go. Yeah, so it's got the wheel thing to like manage your resources and a relatively small table presence. And so the game only takes forty-five to ninety minutes. It's short. It's an hour-ish, right? Um, and so it, it's kind of got that dueling element that a lot of 
Rosenberg's smaller games have. And if you're thinking like, oh, that's not his big worker placement game, keep in mind that his small dueling games are often very, very good. Yes. Like Patchwork or Fields of Arl or, or many of the other two-player games. So uh, this is one of those. It is relatively, I don't want to say hard to find, but it's Spielworks. They don't print a lot of copies. Yeah. And it was on GameFound and it didn't make a ton of money. So I know not as many people have this as want it. And hopefully either Spielworks reprints it because I think they're already out of them um, or hands off the license to somebody else to reprint it because it's it's a solid game. I have not had a chance to review it fully because I still have not gotten a chance to play it two players. I've only played it the solo. Um, it feels like it's designed for two player play, uh, not just the solo that I've done. So it will be reviewed in the future at some point, but it is yeah. very good. So hopefully in the future, Lucky Duck picks this up and reproduces it for $329. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, don't do it. Just reprint what's there. It's fine. It's not the prettiest thing, but it's not. But ugly. it's, it's meant to look that way. I think that's the thing that that a lot of people miss out. It's it's meant to look that way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Take yeah. it that way. Uh, all right, number five. Uh, this is a game both you and I have played, nice. and uh, I think you reviewed it yes. at length. We got a full review of like the base game, and then with the yep, expansion, multiple times. Um, Darwin's Journey. Yeah, this was one of my. Back in the day, because it's a Simone Luciani game, one of my big anticipated games. It was, it was kind of risky because it was a lot of stuff. You were picking up a, there was a lot mm-hmm. of pieces in it. It was kind of expensive for what it for the weight that it was. And I got got to the table, and the initial plays of it were like, "That's fine." Like I've played similar right. games. It's oh, I, okay, cool, cool. I like the mechanic where you can kind of upgrade your people and stuff. I'm like, eh, all right. But when you play with the expansions, and again, we've we've thrown around this word a lot, it's essential. If you don't play with the expansions, you're not really getting the full flavor and dynamic nature of this game because the expansions allow you to do, allow the other actions to actually do a thing. And I, I think as much as I like the game, I think that was a big mistake on their part. Like I think that they they could have called it like like our curricula did the family edition and then play and then like the other edition which is like the real edition because you have certain actions mm-hmm. you could take but certain actions are more powerful than the others because the board doesn't allow you to move too much the expansion allows bigger boards mo- more places to walk and roam and and to sail and it's such a better game with the expansion it's such a better game uh so yeah play with the expansion <laughs> <laughs> do the thing i just said i still need to do that yeah i've only played it base game and my first thought i texted you i'm like is this game better or what is this this is this was just fine and you're like yeah expansion yeah, no do don't doing? don't play the game without the expansion i know a lot of times people are like oh no the expansion's going to be too much and my people at the table like you need it's not a great game without the expansion but when you play with the expansion it's a good game it's not great but it's a good game and you just need to play with the expansion. I, I'm not trying to make you buy m- more stuff. It's just not as <laughs> it's not nearly as good without it. So yeah, right. uh, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, Darwin's journey there. Uh, number yeah. four on the list is the only big game I picked up at Gen Con this year, and one Ooh. I'm very happy I did. Age of Innovation. Yeah, so, buddy. This is Terra Mystica. 3.0 or 1.5 or 2.0. <laughs> it's not really clear what it is. Um, it's at so, least a 2.5. It's at least a 2.5. I guess, right. So you had Terra Mystica, 
with yes. several expansions. Then you had several, Gaia yeah. Project that came out, uh-huh. I don't know, eight years ago now. And then, and that is a standalone with no expansions, but it changed uh-huh. a lot of things. It made the game modular. It balanced out the factions. It made the technology more interesting. But it did a lot of things, too, that Terra Mystic players didn't like. Fair enough. Um, Age of Innovation is, like, in the middle of those two, right? It sure. has the same kind of fantasy feel of Terra Mystica. Mm-hmm. It maintains a lot of, like, the board elements that you're used to. It has a static map, so you're not... It's not modular. Um, and travel's not as big of an issue as it was in Gaia Project. Uh, but it adds new stuff, right? You have asymmetrical starting positions you have um neutral elements you have new palace bonuses you have the the innovations themselves so it adds enough new stuff to mix up the formula and make it asymmetrical variable you don't have perfect information anymore like you would in terra mystica so you can't solve the game as many people are trying to do and it's a little bit better balanced so in terms of like comparing it to terra mystica it's a straight upgrade in my opinion like sure i really enjoyed it i gave it a buy um very happy to have it. it has a native solo mode built in as well which is very fantastic for me i'm gonna keep this one in gaia project i'm probably gonna get Whoa. rid of terra mystica now because i don't need this and terra mystica but i also i don't need all three either <laughs> so i'm not gonna do that um but gaia project is different enough that i feel like i'm gonna hold on to it still uh but age of yeah. innovation just a very solid all-around experience especially just the, the start of the game is much more interesting now to me yeah, and again, one one of the games we didn't mention, which I know is not, I don't think it's by the same designer, is Terra Nova, which oh, right, is right. kind of the lighter kind of version of this. It's it's kind of more streamlined. Right. And I was excited about that game because I was like, cool, I like Terra Mystica, but for some reason I've never loved it, and I can't explain it. And then right. I played Gaia Project, I'm like, this is mechanically better, but there's something just, I guess the... I guess the aesthetic of it, or just the, it's a little more bland. Like there's a little right. less pop to it. So Terra Nova came out. I was like, oh, cool. It's it's an easier version. I'm like, that's fine. Because again, but then you do lose out. So this was like innovative. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> because it it does it does what you really wanted Terra Mystica always do. And I'm really glad to see this came out. I'm glad that they did a a, a different a different take on this. This is very much like. Uh, Marco Polo, right? This the uh, mm. Genghis Khan thing, which yep. is like, hey, we recognize we did a good game, but we also recognize it could have been better and gone a different way. So here's the here's the thing that you always wanted. Done. Thank you very much. Uh, we really appreciate that. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah, that, that's a good comparison, Marco Polo too. Yeah. Um, all right, number three on the list. We'll jump forward here. Is Star Wars Ooh. the deck building game, which? You and I both love. We played it together on my birthday. This should by all this should have just been a throwaway game. This yeah. looked like a throwaway game. It seemed like a throwaway game, and it's actually a really good game. It's Star Realms, but with some asymmetrical. I know you can in Star Realms. There's things too, but like Empire versus the Rebels. It's great. It's really a great game. And again, if you if you're not the biggest Star Wars fan, you don't need to know Star Wars to play this. It just plays so well because the factions do their own thing and allow you to interact with the market, which again is the, is always like the, if a game, like when these kind of games, if it's good or bad, it's always about the market. Are new cards coming out? Are they not refreshing? Can you do anything with them if they're not for you? Yes. You could do a whole bunch of different things. 
I really sincerely hope they come out with more expansions for this. I'm kind of worried that with the new CCG Star Wars game coming out, that this yeah. might get left behind. But this is really good and fairly inexpensive, which is great from Fantasy Flight. Yeah, I, I will say I'm a little concerned as well, not only because the owner of Asmodee Embracer Group is firing everybody right now, but... <laughs> Which is yeah. I mean, well, that'll te- that'll teach you to produce an excellent game at a, yeah. at a reasonable price that everyone loves. Yeah, Jeez, man. But the game's also been on sale for like half off. I know, and I know that's like Black Friday, Cyber Monday stuff. But it's yeah. like, it's been like as low as sixteen dollars in the last few days, and that's really cheap. That's like we're getting rid of these cheap. Which uh, I, I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not the case. But it does worry me because usually when we see Fantasy Flight as my stiff as my day stuff get that cheap, it means they're getting rid of it. So. If you don't have it yet, pick it up. It's pretty inexpensive at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And you won't regret it. It's it, it plays very well. If you're looking for a two play two player game like this, it's one of the best two player games in quite some time. Yep. Uh, all right, number two, we have Nucleum. This oh is boy, just released, but a bunch of people voted for it already. And I know we have a lot of listeners in Europe as well. So several of our our voters there in Europe. But this is the new new game from Simone Luciani, uh, working with David Turchi. Um, both of them have other games on this list, by the way. So that's how prolific these designers are. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a game in which somebody has discovered nucleum, this new type of energy, which is basically just nuclear power, but wait, in wait, the wait. 19th century. Let's be honest. It's Spirium, right? It's Spirium it's, power? It's Spirium <laughs> plus <laughs> brass mechanics uh-huh. plus, <laughs> plus a bunch of other stuff thrown on top of it. like. It's it's like a mishmash of different components and ideas, and you know it's, it's what Simone Lachiani likes to do. Um, I have this set up downstairs. I'm currently in the process of learning the game because I, I got a copy recently. Uh, it's a lot of stuff going on. It's taking yeah. some time to kind of work my way through it. I'm hoping it's not busy for the sake of being busy, like a lot of new euros have been lately. But sure, it seems interesting. I'm having fun learning it. We'll see what that translates to in terms of playing. Almost certainly we will be playing this this weekend because I've taken the time to learn it. So um, Nucleum will be on the table at some point soon. We'll talk about it in the next couple of weeks. But uh, it's it it's very interesting so far. I'm excited for it. I can see why people really like it based on what I've read and what I've learned so far. Yeah. Now, again, I, I appreciate the fact that Board and Dice went ahead like, and they were like, we're going to do we're going to go for it. Luciani, Tertzi. And we're just going to do color a la Spirium. Yep. And we're going to do crunch. And we're going to bring you pretty much what you like and some other things too. So um, I'm hopefully, 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 hopefully I'll be able to come back and be like, this is awesome. Because if it's not, I'll be disappointed. So Yeah, I know. If, if it's another like 7.5 euro, I'm going to be really upset. Uh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> be yeah. awesome. Be awesome, please. Yes. All right. Uh, finally, number one. And this what? had... The most votes, actually, almost a third of the people who filled out the the form noted this game as one of their favorite games of the year, Excellent. and it's Earth. What from Maxime Tardif and uh, Inside Up Games? This was a Kickstarter. It shipped earlier this year. Um, I backed it on Kickstarter, so I also got a copy in. Nice. It's also on Board Game Arena, so many many people have played this physically, digitally, everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I reviewed this game. I don't know a few months ago. I gave it a play. Uh, yeah. It's good. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It just had some like interesting elements that I had trouble kind of 
connecting thematically. And you and I have discussed this game a few times and where it feels like there may be gaps. It's not bad at all. It's just another one of those like 7.5 to 8 euros where you're like, sure, what is it not quite doing for me? Yes. And I I think that they solidly, you know, had in their focus that they wanted to do something like Terraforming Mars. I mean, yes. Ever since Terraforming Mars came out, everyone was like, we need to kill that game with a better game. Yeah. And despite the fact that, you know, occasionally there's been a better game, more or less, it has not killed Terraforming Mars. No. So playing this, I was like, oh, this is cool. It's a, it's a different, you know, idea, more or less, but it's terraforming, more or less, Earth. And I was like, oh, it, it has decent artwork. It has decent production. It has those, you know, weird kind of tree mounds that you kind of build up. And it's all about the deck. Like, the deck is huge, and the deck of cards that comes into your hand, you can make some really crazy combos. And you're building a really interesting tableau. So, yeah, no, it's a it's a play for me. But, yeah, it's always missed something, and I don't know what that is. Maybe an expansion will do that. Yeah, uh, it's, maybe, it's, it's, maybe it's no interaction? Is there? Is it just lack of interaction that's just it's, not... It's certainly less interaction, yeah. Like yeah. I know we, we are often complain about the interaction in Terraforming Mars where it feels tacked on, but it does yeah. add something. You are always work it makes you pay attention to what other people are doing because you're True. like, What cards do you have? Could you be about to just you're you're building up a lot of resources and money, like you're about to play a really expensive card, which means you're gonna burn all my plants, right? Dang it. Yeah. Um this doesn't really have that tension. So also it the ha- things don't stack right, all right, physically. <laughs> <laughs> component wise it's a cool idea they fall down a lot just saying yeah well you're gonna look to be fair it got number one because all the people who voted for it actually do live on earth so it's a little biased that's all I'm saying. that's true that's true yeah. we earth versus mars <laughs> Earth is right. gonna win we all <laughs> yeah I, again i i've enjoyed this game played in person played it online on board game arena which is great because less mess of course and it's got so many cards to be able to go through so I'm not surprised. This reminds me also of like the conversation we've had about um, Ark Nova, which is also like trying to be terror. No, sorry, trying to be terraforming Mars, but not. So, yeah. yeah, two great games, two great games, and I'm so glad everyone loves this. This it, and hopefully gotten a lot of you know table time. So yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. That, like I wish I'd played it more because I see how much people love it, and I don't. I haven't gotten there yet. So it's one of those things. It's not saying like, oh, I think this is bad. Why do you vote for this? It's more of like, huh, I don't quite, I'm not there yet. It's like the feeling I had with Wingspan for the first few months. I'm like, sure. Why are people there? How do I get there with them? You know, yeah. and eventually I got there because I played the game enough and expansions came out and built on it. So, well, oh, hopefully we get the same with Earth. Listeners have spoken. We will have to get it back out to the table and, you know, cram a little bit and, and uh, hopefully get there because, again, Great game, and it's been a great year for games. So, um, very thankful for a good, good year for Euro games, unlike last year. Yeah, yeah. All the delayed stuff from last year, we got it this year. Absolutely. Well, that's everything for us this week. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you all a seat at the table. Take care, everyone. Bye. See ya. <laughs>